My name is James Gleason, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now, Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so every weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please take a moment to visit our website at www.isunrise.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you. Then you can learn how to grow with others along the journey of life. You can learn to develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost. And finally, you can learn how to lead others to know Jesus Christ on this journey of disciples making disciples. And so now I invite you to follow along with our weekend message as you discover the heartbeat of God. love it. I love it. This is great. Uh, there's no better time than times like this to test your patience, right? Because there are kids sitting on laps and hanging out. But it's that close proximity that means so much, especially at the Christmas season. Uh, some of you may know this. The last two years, I've been working as executive director of what used to be uh, CB Northwest, now is Church Venture Northwest. And we help churches take bold next steps to strengthen, revitalize, and plant new churches. And we're one of those churches, 250 in Oregon, Idaho, Washington, Alaska. So I get to travel a lot. And I love traveling. I love being in with other people and hanging out with them in their office or at restaurants or coffee shops, hearing what's going on in churches. I love it. What God's done here at Sunrise, I get to share about and export that heart. And a lot of good things are going on. Last week, or a week and a half ago, I grabbed a couple of my friends and we drove to Bend and then down to, to Klamath. And then over, uh, it was a great trip, went over past Crater Lake, and it was dark, it was snowing, made it to Ashland and back up and, and visited several churches and pastors. Take a look at this picture. This was us. We... The Sanian Pass ended up being closed. We made it. We just kept, I have a Subaru, so I just kept driving. And, um, and then we made it down. The Siskiyou Pass was closed, about 19 miles of trucks all backed up on the freeway, but we made it in and we were able to do it. You know, there's nothing like being packed in a car with three big men knowing that we might run off the road and there was no cell service. It draws you close, Right. There's something about being close to people, about pressing in, about being in a relationship with them when you really discover their heart, you discover their life. You can have a million Facebook friends or Instagram friends or Twitter followers, but when you have real human beings around you, near you, life is different. And when I go out and I do these travels, I do them all the time, I kind of consider a little bit of what the Apostle Paul did. If you remember in the book of Acts, it says he would gather 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 his friends and Timothy and Titus and Silas and those folks and John Mark and they would go around and visit the churches to encourage the people and I love that because sometimes you have to just sit with someone and be in their life and be present with them to really know what they're experiencing and that is really what's going on at Christmas time we are experiencing God because he showed up there's a great verse in uh, the book of 
John, and this is from the message paraphrase, and it says it this way. It says, the word, speaking of Jesus, became flesh. He became flesh and blood. He took on our body. He became God-man combined, and he moved into the neighborhood. I love that because God showed up. He showed up at our doorstep, literally, and he showed up in community. Our family has lived on a farm for almost 13 years south of the, the Hillsboro. We're kind of out in the country, and we love it that way. It's been great, but our boys are growing up. They're moving on, and my wife and I, we are moving into South Hillsboro. Now we get to pay Hillsboro taxes. Exciting. Yeah, we're pumped about that, um, but we get to move into a community. Uh, yeah, the, it was yesterday. I went across the street to my only neighbor, invited him to church today, but we get to move into a community. We get to literally move into a neighborhood. Every time we have moved, my wife and I, when we were first married, we prayed in advance, God, move us to the place you want us to be so that we could reach people for Christ. And there are still people at sunrise from that very first time God moved us out to Forest Grove that have come to Christ, that have been a part of sunrise. And every time we've moved, we've been able to see that. We want to move into a neighborhood and be God in the flesh to people. We want to demonstrate the light of Christ because that's what God did for you and for me. He came at Christmas. He put on human flesh. He became one of us so that we could know him. We are finished with our series tonight on people, the nativity, and we have looked at all of the characters in the nativity story in the Christmas story in Matthew and Luke. And I want to throw a special shout out to Gabor Otamo. He is the one that designed all these. He drew these. He was at our house this summer for one of the barbecues, the Sunrise Guy, and I had this crazy idea, and he came up with it. Pastor Aaron had them all printed. It was great. And so um, he's not someone you would know. He's just kind of a normal Sunrise Guy. But I want to thank him. Would you thank him as well for these designs? We built this series around each of the people in the nativity, and we've been able to teach and preach through that and focus today and tonight on Jesus. You know the story. Mary and Joseph are engaged to be married. They're not married yet, but it's a tight bond in the Jewish culture at that time. And so they're engaged, they're betrothed, and it just finds, just so happens that Mary becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit. She tells Joseph, that's a, that's a hard one to swallow, right? And the angel visits not only Mary, the angel visits Joseph and says, don't be afraid, it's going to be okay. And so along that journey, we read these words in Matthew chapter 1. He says, as Joseph was considering this, it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, which meant he was of the lineage of David. So King David's throne is still the line of David. So Jesus would be born into that. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The word Jesus, the name Jesus in the Hebrew culture is really Yeshua, and it means the Lord saves. And so Jesus was given a name that declared really literally what he was going to be about, about God saving people. And from birth till up to about 33 years old, he lived a life. He was a baby. He was a child. He was a teenager. He was a young adult. And he became a man. And he began to teach and minister. God in the flesh took on flesh. And he loved the hurting and the broken and the discarded. And he went around and he taught and he healed and he loved. 
And then he went on a cross to die for us. And the whole point of Jesus coming to earth was so that we could know that God knows what it's like. God, he took on all of our struggles. He was tempted in every way, the Bible says. But he did not sin because he was God in the flesh. Jesus the one who would save us from our sins. It goes on to say this, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet, which was Isaiah in the Old Testament, 600 plus years before this event. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, I often wondered, why isn't Jesus known as Jesus Emmanuel Christ? You know what I mean? Uh, What Emmanuel wasn't a name, it was a title. It was a, a function that Jesus would do, is that he would come down and be God in the flesh. It was a description of who he was and what he'd be about. That he would be born. He would be God who would be born. God who would live. God who would breathe. God who would feel. God who would weep. God who would be hungry. God who would be with friends in community. He would be God in the flesh. God who would be betrayed and discarded and battered and bruised and hung on a cross and die. God who would die for us and God who would be resurrected to give us the hope of a new life. Now, I just want to say, maybe you're here and you're not normally a person that goes to church, or you're watching online, you're not normally a person that checks in on church. And so, some of these kind of things are really far-fetched for you. The idea of angels appearing, and the idea of a virgin birth, and all these thoughts that God could come down. I'm a a writer, and and I'm a reader. Uh, I love fantasy. I love fiction. I love science fiction. I I cut my teeth on the H.G. Wells of the day and Edgar Rice Burroughs and all of those people. And one of the writers and authors that I just loved from junior high on up was Tolkien. If you've read Tolkien, you know, the guy that wrote The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and such and many other things. He wrote great books. He talked about this understanding of a longing that actually explains why this seems so far-fetched to us. He wrote a little essay called On Fairy Stories. I've shared this before, but in this story, he explained this, and I'm going to put it on the screen here, and he explained that in all of our humanity, from the beginning of time, every culture, every people have had these desires that stretch beyond themselves. Like, we want to escape time and death, and so we write movies and scripts and stories, and we tell poems, even back into antiquity. We had the heroes and the ancients of old, the Greeks, the Hercules, right? We had all those things. We wanted to escape time and death. We wanted to communicate with non-humans. How many science fiction stories are there out there, right, these days? How many alien stories? We long to connect with something that's not like us. We also want a love that's going to heal every problem. And most importantly, we want a triumph of ultimate good over evil. And so we write all of our stories. And for thousands upon thousands and thousands of years, all of our great stories have these elements. And Tolkien argues that the reason we have those is because we live in a world that constantly discards that. That says there's nothing beyond us. You're going to die and your life is going to be over. There's no way that you could communicate with anybody beyond yourself. We're just merely physical. There's nothing beyond us. Nothing 
spiritual, nothing beyond the grave. We want a love that heals every problem, but you're not going to have it. Life is going to be broken. Life is going to be a struggle. And you know what? Evil will ultimately conquer. And that is the world we live in. And it's discouraging and depressing. But Tolkien argues that the real story is about God. That the reason all of these desires, all of these longings are within us is because they are all fulfilled in Jesus. That God in the flesh came down and he read into our story and became the central figure of the story. The hero of the story. The one who conquered all. That we can now escape time and death with a relationship with him. We can communicate to the very God that's created everything, that this love is going to heal every problem and ultimately good will triumph over evil. And that is all about Jesus. And it satisfies, he satisfies all of our longings. So it's not fantasy, it's Jesus that we've been looking for. He is God in the flesh, God who came down, God who came to be with us. One of my favorite stories about this is a little thing you, you can kind of miss it unless you know what's going on. It says in John chapter 3 that Jesus is hanging out with some folks. In fact, it's on the screen and it says this. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now that little idea of spent some time with them is a, a, the original Greek word. It's diatribo and it means to rub through the skin. I've shared this with you in the past when we were going through John in the Grace and Truth series. And this is literally what the word means. This is what Jesus did. He did that. Now, if you're out and it's cold, you do that, right? Why? You rub your hands together because the friction that's created creates some warmth. Jesus came down in the flesh and as we would say, hung out with us. And he rubbed shoulders with us. And we could touch him. And he was real. And he was God in the flesh. God who came down to spend time with people like you and me. I know it was 2,000 years ago. And I know that is a whole world away and a whole lifetime away from us, right? And there's such a disconnect that sometimes it sounds much like the fantasy of Middle Earth, right? But the reality is it happened. The stories of Jesus abound where he spent time with fishermen, people like Peter and James and John. He spent time with Andrew. He spent time with tax collectors like Matthew. He spent time with religious people like Nicodemus. He spent time with prostitutes and Roman centurions, Samaritans, adulterers, lepers. Those were all the outcasts of the day. But they had a need and they showed up and Jesus loved them. He touched them, he healed them, he embraced them, he welcomed them. And here's the cool thing, he still does it today. Of all backgrounds, of all struggles, of all parts of our life, Jesus shows up because he's God in the flesh and he shows up because we need a savior, Jesus. When you think about it, in the middle of our struggles, in the middle of our pain, many of us in this room have experienced this. In the middle of our brokenness, in the middle of our loneliness, in the middle of the crash, in the middle of all of the separation, that's when we discovered that there was God with us, Jesus. And he showed up, not just at the Christmas time, but he showed up now in our lives. He showed up 
I, I just discipling someone this morning, spending time with him at Starbucks, and we were talking about his own year and the change that's been going on, that God has shown up in a unique way, in a very realistic way, but a very spiritual and abnormal way. And God is changing his life. God still changes lives today. And he still shows up. And even though he's God, he hangs out with folks like you and with me. And so tonight, we celebrate Christmas Eve, and we thank God for the gift of his son, Jesus, the one who was born as a baby, the one who was a child. I love the kids that are showing up here. I love the little babies that come in, the ones that were so dependent upon a mom and a dad to care for him, but the one who grew up and ended up becoming the savior of the world. So I want to pray and just pray for you. And I want to just say a couple words and, um, and we're going to go on and we're going to light some candles and we're going to have our time and we're going to give you some cookies on the way out. And you're going to go and some of you are going to unwrap all your presents because you're heathens. Uh, and that's okay. Or you go to grandma's and do it. I understand that's okay then, right? Yeah. And then some of them are going to open up tomorrow morning. And amongst the tinsel and the wrapping and all of the lights and all of the songs, all the cookies and everything, let's not forget the reason why we celebrate. That God came in the flesh. He moved into our neighborhood and he became one of us so we could come to him. So he could save us. Our Emmanuel, God with us. So close our eyes. Let's close our eyes. And I know the reality of this night and the busyness of the light night, but I know we're in this room. We have ups and we have downs. We, we've this year had wins and losses. We've, we've had COVID and we've had struggles. We've had successes. We've had failures. We've had hurts and brokenness. And Jesus, God in the flesh, experienced all of that as well. And he knows what you're going through. He knows what you've gone through. He knows what this next year holds. And he has a message that he loves you. And he has come to save you and draw you to himself. Jesus came to the earth to save us because we couldn't save ourselves. He came to rescue us because we couldn't rescue ourselves. He came to redeem us and make us right with God because we certainly could not do that ourselves. And he still invites you to follow him. Let me pray. Father God, I want to thank you for this Christmas Eve service that you are known as the God with us one, the Emmanuel, Jesus who's come to save us from our sins. And Father, so many of us know that and we experience that on a regular basis. And maybe here or online, people are checking that out for the first time. Do your work of revealing yourself to them as the baby who was born, but the one who grew up, the man who died for us who rose again, and who now is preparing a place for us so that we could one more time be with you. You've moved into our neighborhood, and you're inviting us to move into yours. May we do that as we pray in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.